0: Israeli hostages released as Israel extends the ceasefire, the prophetic Russia-Iran-European alliance setting the stage for the Battle of Armageddon, and precursors to the Mark of the Beast, and much more, all proving we certainly are in the end time. Join us for another exciting edition of the End Time Show. Good afternoon everybody, I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. I do thank you for joining me on this edition of the End Time Show. According to Fox News, Hamas has released 11 Israeli citizens to the International Red Cross on Monday in the fourth exchange of the terrorist group's ongoing ceasefire with Israel. The exchange comes hours after Israel and Hamas agreed to a two-day extension. Remember, it was originally four days. Now they've agreed to a two-day extension, and I almost could have told you that they would do that. We'll talk about that here in just a second, but they agreed to a two-day extension to the current ceasefire, the four days, which was set to expire Monday, according to the Wall Street Journal, and Israel Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's office has expressed openness to extending the ceasefire by one day for every 10 Israeli hostages released. And of course, um, Hamas has now released 58 hostages over the first uh, three days of the ceasefire, and including 40 Israeli citizens in exchange, Israel released roughly 150 Palestinian criminals held in Israeli prisons. So I almost could have told you, I mean, imagine if you were Hamas. And you said, okay, Israel's willing to negotiate. We've got hundreds of uh, Israeli citizens and, and different people, Th- people from Thailand and different places, all these hostages, and they've said, hey, we'll agree to a, a, a four-day ceasefire if we'll give them so many hostages per day. And yet, you've still got hundreds in captivity. So what do you think Israel's going to do? Imagine being Netanyahu having to make that decision. Well, do we go back in and fire the war machine back up and keep hammering Hamas and uh, Gaza knowing that they've still got hundreds of um, hostages there? Or now that Hamas knows that we will negotiate, they'll say, well, we'll give you another 10 every day that you continue with the ceasefire, that you extend that. Well, of course, Hamas is going to say, we're not going to give you any more than 10 at a time. We're going to extend this ceasefire as long as we can to move hostages around, which I read in one place that they're already doing. And I promise you, what would you do if you were Hamas? Would you be rearming your rockets, your rocket launchers? Would you be trying to maybe get Hamas maybe over, maybe some of them into the West Bank? Or some of them, or kind of uh, reset yourself? Imagine, a a, a four, now maybe a six-day ceasefire in the middle of a war that they're in, and it could extend up to many more days if they only give ten per day. So this is what we're watching in the Israel-Hamas-Iran situation as we speak. Of course, Iran is the main supporter of Hamas, giving them millions and millions of dollars a year, funding them. And so, the United States is actually doing, helping to fund some of that by taking the sanctions off of Iran, allowing them to allowing billions and billions of dollars to flow into their coffers to fund some of these terrorist proxies around the world. So it's just a huge web of of um, just debauchery, really, in my mind, because of what Israel or uh, what the Israels having to put up with because of the United States. They say we're your ally on one hand, but yet we're helping to we're releasing sanctions for, uh, removing sanctions from Iran who is funding your enemy right now that you're at war with. So it's, uh, if you were Netanyahu, your head would be spinning, right? So uh, we'll have to see how all that plays out. And we're going to talk ab- about that a little bit more on here in the program. Let me mention first cup coffee real quick to you. You know, you can only imagine how much that our team here at End Time is working around the clock to keep up with the war in Israel and many other things. precursors of the Mark of the Beast, world government, world religion, all these different things. So we're energized by our God-given purpose, but man, it sure is nice to come in here and have a cup of first cup coffee every morning. And I like it because they're not a woke company. They're not trying to rewrite our history or lobby to defund our military or... These guys are not going to be participating in these uh, pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas protests here in America. You'll never see any of these guys over the company doing that. If they were to do that, I wouldn't be talking about them right now, right? These guys are, it's a Christian-owned Patriot Coffee Company out of Texas, They've got 11 different roasts. Each one of their roasts are named after a specific piece of American history. It's really cool. We're always in. I'm always asking Vince, which one are you fixing today? Is it Washington? Is it John Hancock? It's pretty cool because they're very good. It's very good coffee. So go to firstcup.com, use code INTIME to get 10% off. If you subscribe, they'll give you an additional 10% off. Go to firstcup.com, use code INTIME to get 10% off today. Now, along with the, this Israel update that I wanted to give you, because it appears that Netanyahu has said, hey, we're, we're, we are going to meet all of our goals in this war. Once this ceasefire has ended, I don't know how long it's going to last. I mean, they still have well over 100 uh, hostages. Uh, prob- I think it's close to maybe, it'd be close to 200 left, maybe not quite 200. So imagine if they, were to, if they were to extend a ceasefire every, uh, a day for every 10, that could go on maybe, what, another 15, 16, 17 days. I don't know if they'll do that or not. But that would be kind of hard to go, you know, extend it maybe 10 or 15 days and then say, okay, now we're going to fire up the war machine. We're going right back in. And then they'd almost have to restart the war from nothing, because almost nothing. I mean, they bombarded a lot of it of Gaza. But yet, what has Hamas been able to do in that time? And as far as maybe moving children and women, which they use for shields, uh, what have they been able to do? What, what, what people have they been able to uh, move into hospitals and schools and different things? I mean, it's a horrific situation down there. The world's trying to spin it like, um, you know, Hamas is almost innocent. And because pe- it, people have become desensitized to the horrific barbaric act that happened back on October 7th. People are almost forgetting. I, I saw some guy on with, uh, I can't remember his name for sure, but he was on with uh, Piers Morgan the other day. And he was arguing in defense of the, the um, Hamas. And you remember what Antonio Guterres said. He was saying that originally that, hey, this didn't happen in a vacuum, that these people have had to put up with 56 years of the occupancy or Israel the occupying power, and that is simply not the case. That's Israel's ancestral homeland. But if you don't understand history, then you could make a statement like that. Or if you have your own uh, ulterior motive, and so we certainly, you know, there's a lot of things at work here more than just a couple of kids fighting out in the street, right? There's a lot of people with agendas, and it's, it's a driven situation. Hamas is driven to do what they're doing. There's a reason why Iran wants to drive Israel off into the sea and why they want to drive the United States out of the Middle East and why they have surrounded Israel. Notice, they're surrounding Israel. Why hasn't Iran surrounded um, Syria? Why hasn't Iran surrounded, um, you know, Saudi Arabia or something like that? Why don't they have missiles pointed at Saudi Arabia? Why is it Israel? Well, a lot of people are avoiding that question, but it's pretty easy to see. They They want to eradicate Israel and Zionism out of the Middle East because they believe that Israel is a foothold of the West which is the United States, big Satan, in the Middle East. And they're trying to prepare the way for their Mahdi, their their, uh, messianic figure to come, and set the world straight. So it's in their mindset, their ideology, that they have to prepare the way for that individual to come. And they need to get Israel out of the Middle East and the United States as well, because they want to implement Sharia law globally, and they see Israel and the United States as the great evil in the earth, keeping them from get from having control of the Middle East and then being able to move around the world. So, that's really what's going on here. And so, it, it's, a, it's something we certainly need to be looking at in this end-time scenario. Now, there's another thing I want to go over with everybody here in this, um, because the prophetic end-time scenario is going as planned. The end-time world governing structure will have a European power base. A lot of people are asking me, about, man, is Islam going to rule the world? There's this rise in Islam around the world right now. And they are, you know, it's just, they're taking over. Look at the hundreds of thousands of in these protests of protesters and, you know, the, the, the 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 fear of socialism and communism now has almost turned into the fear of Islam, right? And that's what they want. They want everybody to fear them, even here in the United States. And so, I've had to be, thankfully, according to the Bible prophecies, I've been able to answer people and say, the end-time world governing power will not be controlled by Islam. The end-time world governing structure will have a European power base. However, Iran, Turkey, and others, listen at this, will be in alliance with them when these European powers, the world governing powers, will come down against Israel at the Battle of Armageddon. And the stage is being set for this event right now. So, let me go over through some of this because I want to walk you through some of the prophecies of the Bible, and then we're going to tie it in to Europe, Russia, Iran, and we'll tie it in before we're done here. Because a lot of people don't really even have a clue that Europe supports Iran. Did you know that? Now, the characteristics of the final world-governing empire that that will be ruling at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ, they're mentioned a, a couple times in Scripture. Let's go back to Nebuchadnezzar's dream in Daniel 2. it's the first prophetic account of the end-time world-governing structure or the Holy Roman Empire. That's very important that you understand what that is, where it's prophesied in the Bible, and and, and how it will affect everybody on the planet before this thing's over with. The prophecy of that's found in Daniel 2, verses 31 through 45. It occurs when Nebuchadnezzar, the king of the Babylonian Empire has a dream that neither he nor his wise men can remember or interpret. However, God gives Daniel a vision of the dream and the interpretation which he then reveals to King Nebuchadnezzar. So, here it is. In the dream, Nebuchadnezzar saw a great statue with a head of gold, arms and breasts of silver, belly and thighs of brass, legs of iron, and a feet and toes of iron mingled with clay." After this, he noticed that a large stone came uh, that was carved out of a mountain without hands. It came and it's rolling down and it smashed the image on the feet. That's very important. It didn't smash the image on the belly of thighs and brass or or the arms and breasts of silver. It smashed it on the feet, and when it smashed it on the feet, it destroyed the entire structure, the world-governing structure. The Bible says in Daniel chapter 11, at the seventh trump, that the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. Human government is done away with, and God establishes his kingdom here on the earth. That's exactly what the stone coming down out of the mountain and hitting the the, uh, image on the feet is symbolic of it. That's what it's telling us is happening here, because the Bible says it becomes a great kingdom and it fills the whole earth. So that's God establishing His kingdom here on the earth. But the human governments, these these um, empires that have ruled the world, that's going to be done away with once Jesus Christ comes. So the interpretation of this, it's revealed to King uh, to King Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel. Two verses 36 through 45 and it shows us that these five metal sections on the image that Nebuchadnezzar dreamed represent the five empires that would rule the world from the time of Babylon until the establishment of the kingdom of God on the earth The, the first empire was Nebuchadnezzar's Babylonian Empire that was the head of gold and Daniel tells him this And uh, the uh, Nebuchadnezzar's uh, Babylonian Empire ruled from about 604 uh, B.C. to about 604 to 539 B.C. Then came the Medes and the Persians, which lasted from 539 to 331 B.C. That's the arms and breast of silver on this statue that Nebuchadnezzar had a vision of. The third empire to rule the world. Now, this aligns up perfectly with history. Uh, World rule was the Grecian Empire, which ruled between 331 and 197 B.C. That's the belly and thighs of brass. The fourth empire that ruled the entire uh, known world during their era was the Roman Empire from uh, 197 B.C. to about uh, 284 uh, A.D. That lasted the longest and that was the strongest. That empire was the strongest of all. That's the legs of iron. And then the last empire to rule the earth will will be the Holy Roman Empire. That's the feet of iron mingled with clay. And this final empire, which began uh, in 800 A.D. It's Christmas Day, uh, December 25th in 800 A.D. That would rule from that time all the way, and it would be in power at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. That was the large stone when he will destroy all the governments of men and, the, the, and no more human, no more um, empires to rule the world. That's when Jesus Christ will rule the world. So the final empire that will rule the entire earth in the near future, this is Daniel 2, that lets us um, learn about more about the, the Holy Roman Empire. And that's very important Because that empire will show us, how that empire has always been ran, will show us that it will not be an Islamic empire. It's going to be an empire with a European base. Okay? It's very important you understand this from the prophecies of the Bible. Now, let me first mention here, when I I said the head of gold there, I thought, man, i got to mention birch gold. Because of these, all these, and if I get time today, we'll get into central bank digital currencies and everything's going on in the world there. But you know that the world government, we're talking about world government now, these world governing empires, and we're facing the last one right now. They want to impose these digital currencies and digital IDs on the populations of the world. And they could even allow officials to prohibit what you, uh, keep, what you purchase, they're programmable, certain products that you could freeze or even seize part of your money. So in essence, it would enable a government to control your finances. So there are some concerned Americans that are starting to diversify assets. And that's one thing, if you're gonna invest, make sure you're diversified. I'm not even gonna be, a, I'm, not, I'm not your financial investor, but I'm telling you, don't have all your eggs in one basket, right? But there are people that are starting to diversify some of their assets into hard assets like gold and silver. A lot of people are doing gold with the Birch Gold Group. And if you want a physical asset that's held in a tax-sheltered retirement account, go to birchgold.com slash endtime, and you can get a free kit on investing in gold. How to do it, who to go to, and all this stuff. If you've got a, um, let's say like an IRA or a 401k that's been laying around forever, Birch Gold can help you convert that into an IRA in gold, and you don't have to pay anything out of pocket. So go to birchgold.com slash end time, claim your free info kit on gold, because if digital currency becomes a reality for all, you may want to wish you had some gold to fall back on. Gold's been a currency for thousands of years, right? And the central banks are buying up gold like there's no tomorrow. So... I have a little gold and, um, you know, because I I just, I want to make sure if if something happens here that that one may be one option. That's not all I have. But what little I do have, I'm diversified. And that's a really a a good idea because if something over here goes south, I'm not sunk, right? So I want to make sure that Uh, we help you guys prepare mentally, physically, and spiritually. Mentally and physically for the times just ahead, spiritually for eternity. That's what end time is all about. Number one, spiritually for eternity. Okay? So, birchgold.com slash end time. Now, the Holy Roman Empire, let's understand that real quick because that's helping us to understand that Islam is not going to rule the world. It's going to be a European-based world governing body. The the prophecies never lie, and then the prophecies always come to pass. So I, I know that a lot of people are saying, man, this uprising of Islam. The Bible prophesies that's going to happen. That's the green horse. However, the end time world government will not, not be an Islamic run world governing body. It's not going to work like that. It's not going to be Sharia law globally. It's going to be a European based world governing body. So and it's going to be run like the Holy Roman Empire. So here's the deal, the Holy Roman Empire. After the decline of the Roman Empire, it seemed as if the vision of this united Europe had all but died. However, that dream was brought back to life when Pope Leo III crowned Charlemagne the first emperor of the Holy Roman Empire in 800 AD. Notice that the most powerful political figure in Europe was involved and the most powerful religious figure from Rome, which was always the Pope from the beginning, was involved. So it's, it's, a, it's a marriage of politics and religion. So the Holy Roman Empire was designed from the very beginning to rule Europe as this partnership from, between politics and religion. Now, remember the feet of iron mingle with clay in Nebuchadnezzar's dream. The iron symbolizes the political element, and the clay that's mixed in is, that represents the religious factor. So the feet of iron mingled with clay symbolize the Holy Roman Empire. Politics and religion. That's the way the world's going to be run all the way to the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. And you can see it being run right, right now. You can see there's a world government being established, and you can see Pope Francis is going down to COP28 to push the hoax of human-induced global warming which leads to climate change and saying everybody needs to get on board and transform their uh, away from fossil fuels into uh, wind turbines and solar power and all this stuff and it's all based on an absolute hoax. But they're using one of the major religious figures on the planet to push their agenda. Look at Laudato Si, the encyclical. It was all about pushing the agenda of human-induced global warming, which sees the climate change, and then all the way at the very bottom, calling for a world government to manage it all. Go read Laudato C., the encyclical. I've written many articles on that. We've reported on it for years. Then he wrote Laudato Diem, which was a follow-up to that, and now he's going to COP28 over the next couple days to give a speech there and to try to get all the nations of the world on board and the religions to get them to follow along and to push these human induced global warming um, climate ch- climate crisis agendas to get all these nations to move off of fossil fuels folks it's all based on an absolute hoax it's just it, when it all comes down to it it's all about wealth redistribution because they're pushing socialistic agendas. Okay, this is what's going on in our world. All of this stuff about moving away from a very economical source of energy, coal, and natural gas and things like that, they're demonizing that, when that heats most of America right now and creates most of our electricity. Why would they be pushing to move us all? It's all about doing away, destroying America, Moving us into this communistic, socialistic, world-governing body. Um, But I know World War III is coming, and that may upset everybody's apple cart. We'll see how it goes. I know the United States will be here all the way in and stand with Israel against the world-governing body. How we get from here to there, I don't know. I'm trusting God, and I know the prophecies always come to pass. Okay. Holy Roman Empire, here we go. After 800 AD, when when Pope Charlemagne... Our Pope Leo III crowned Charlemagne the first emperor of the Holy Roman Empire. The Holy Roman Empire dominated Europe for the next 1,000 years, and its leadership was always comprised of the most powerful political leader in Europe. Remember, when I talk about the Holy Roman Empire will rule the world government to the second coming of Jesus Christ, this is the way it's going to be ran. The most powerful political leader from Europe, which will be the Antichrist, working alongside the strongest religious force in Europe, which would be the Pope at that time. He's always been from Rome. So, although many historians pronounce the Holy Roman Empire dead after Napoleon defeated Francis II in 1806, European and Vatican officials have never given up on the dream of a Holy Roman Empire. And that dream is now being realized on November 3, 2009, when the last EU country, the Czech Republic, ratified the Lisbon Treaty, which became Europe's first constitution, the Holy Roman Empire was reborn. That's November 3rd, 2009. Most, Most people completely missed it, but it's one of the five most important prophecies since the birth of Jesus Christ. So, pretty important that we understand what really is going on here, right? now. So then when we talk about that lets us know beyond a shadow of a doubt the end-time world government will be a European-based world governing body. The Antichrist will come from Europe, the false prophet will come from Europe. Now, another account of the end-time world governing structure is mentioned in Daniel chapter 7 and Revelation chapter 13. say, Dave, what are we trying to answer here? I'm trying to show you that because of the uprise in the Islamic spirit, the green horse, Islamism, in the world today, many have asked, will Islam rule the world? I'm proving to you scripturally with the prophecies of the Bible that the end time world government will not be an Islamic run world government, but it will be the Holy Roman Empire. A viewer of
1: The End Time Show, you're getting early access to Christmas deals starting right now. Do you remember that feeling you had as a kid during the holidays what experiences and gifts would you receive this year well the atmosphere at end time is nearly the same we're excited because these deals are now available through the end of 2023 why are we so thrilled because we know these resources transform lives and that's even more fun than Christmas, especially in these tough times. For the remainder of 2023, you can get deals like a special VIP group video call with Dave Robbins when you get Understanding the End Time. End Time Plus subscription for 50% off, or my personal favorite, a $10 and under sale for almost 100 different products featuring Irvin Baxter, Dave Robbins, and more. Go to endtime.com slash deals for a full catalog of items. You can also call 800 End Time. Hurry, supplies are limited. Go to endtime.com slash deals to What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End Time Show's TV and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning End Time Prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com slash events to see when Dave will be in a location near you.
0: Welcome back, everybody. And, you know, the prophecies of the Bible, they're just amazing. When I look at these prophecies in the Bible, and understand them, and then I look at current events going on in the world today, you can't tell me that there's not a God. You, you, no, you could not convince me of that. There's no way. God knows the end from the beginning. He went back and told all these writers of the Bible, here's, what ha- here's what's happening, John, I want you to write this, and Daniel and Zachariah and Ezekiel and Isaiah and uh, the Apostle Paul and Peter, I want you, here's what's happening, I want you guys to write all this. And people wonder, well, I wonder how those prophecies, the, the current events are showing how those prophecies are coming back to pass in such intricate detail. Are you really wondering that? God, folks. I mean, so many people have taken God out of the equation. They say, oh, the Bible, that's just a myth, a bunch of fairy tales. You have got to be kidding me. You're, uh, maybe, maybe if one person 2,500 years ago got something that seemed like a coincidence, maybe. But folks, there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of prophecies that have already been fulfilled. And for somebody to say, well, I know, but somebody just got lucky. Come on, you guys are, everybody listening today and watching online is smarter than that. The Bible, folks, is the only book that we can go to for these prophecies. So let me give you another one. I showed you about the Holy Roman Empire in the Bible, and it's mentioned more times, Revelation 17 and different things, but let me go to Daniel chapter 7 and Revelation 13 and show you another one that lets us know this will be a European-based world governing body, not an Islamic-ran world governing body. 650 years before John wrote the book of Revelation, uh, the prophet Daniel was given a vision of four beasts that represented kingdoms or nations that would exist at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. The four separate beasts, that's very important. Uh, In Daniel 7, 4-7, and the modern nations they symbolize are a lion with eagle's wings, that's Great Britain and the United States. A bear, the modern-day nation of Russia, the four-headed leopard—that's the modern-day nation of Germany. Now, I'm not going to go into some great theological discourse to explain all this. You just—you got to trust me. We've got books and DVDs, and have done this for years. The four-headed leopard is Germany. The ten-horn beast is the reborn Holy Roman Empire or the current European Union. The ten horns on the ten-horn beast are the exact—they represent kings. They're the exact same ten kings on Nebuchadnezzar's vision, the ten toes on the feet of iron mingled with clay, the toes. The the ten toes are the same thing as the ten horns. They're ten kings that will come out of a reborn Holy Roman Empire, the current European Union, and will form an alliance, a very close-knit alliance with the Antichrist himself. So once you understand the symbolism of all these things, man, it just opens up, like an awesome, wonderful book, and it's called the Bible. So in Revelation, that's Daniel 7. In Revelation, John uses these exact same symbols of the Bible. Now remember, Daniel wrote his book when he was, on, he was down in Babylonian captivity when Israel was, in, was exiled out of Jerusalem for 70 years. So he's in Babylonian captivity. God's giving him these visions, and he's writing them. 650 years later, John is exiled out on the Isle of Patmos for teaching the Word of God in Jesus' name and how to be saved, and he's exiled out there. I've been to the Isle of Patmos. It's It's an island that's way away from anything, and God gives him the vision of the book of Revelation, and he writes it down, and in Revelation 13, John uses the same symbols of nations to describe the end-time world government. In John's account, remember there were four separate beasts in Daniel 7, or separate nations. Well, they have federalized into one large global governing body in in Revelation 13. The interpretation would go like this. This would be Revelation chapter 13, uh, verses 1 and 2. John said, And I stood up on the sand of the sea, saw a beast rising up out of the sea having seven tens he, remember he says i saw a beast i didn't see four beasts like daniel 7 i saw a big combo beast having seven heads 10 horns the seven heads are symbolic of the the four nation the four beasts that daniel saw remember daniel saw a uh, a lion with eagle's wings a bear a four-headed leopard and a 10-horn beast so there's one for the lion, one for the bear, one head, four heads for the leopard, and then one head for the ten-horned beast. So that's seven heads. Well, John sees the, the nations symbolized here, and they've got the seven heads. The, these nations are involved as well. So John said, I, I stood up on the sand of the sea, saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns. Here we go. And upon his horns, this combo beast, this federalization of nations, upon his horns, which symbolize the European Union, were ten crowns. And upon his heads, this is a world governing body, and it's telling us the major nations that will be involved in running this thing. So we know the European Union, upon his heads, the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto the, a leopard. It had the body of the leopard, which is Germany. So now we got the European Union. Then it's going to mention specifically Germany. Feet is the feet of the bear, Russia. Mouth is the mouth of the lion, Great Britain. And of course the dragon, or Satan, not China. But Satan gave him his power, seat, and great authority. Revelation 13, 1-2. So this prophecy, it's, a, it's really a 2,000-year-old prophecy of the world government that is currently being established and it's important to understand that the end-time world government is a European centered world governing body it's very important that you understand the center of power in both of these prophecies the Holy Roman Empire and Revelation 13 John's account Islam it's European Islam is not mentioned here after the prophesied World War III occurs The world's going to be devastated. They're going to be burying well over 2 billion people. And the center for world power is going to shift from where it is right now, from the United States of America and from the Middle East. It's going to shift to Europe. And it appears that Europe, it appears they may even, they might set out the war, World War III. I don't know at this point. But nevertheless, they're going to survive the war and they're going to be stronger than ever. So it appears World War III may be this this great reset, if you will, and reset the world because of the the world government that they want and all these different things that they're trying to do they can't get them across the finish line. So guess what they need? This has happened for years and years and decades and decades. They know they need a crisis to get their agendas across the finish line, for them to realize their dreams and goals and aspirations. So, they have many dreams and goals and aspirations. Number one's world government. But they haven't been able to to realize a totalitarian situation where they can dictate to to nations and they do and they, you know, we could stop war if we can just dictate to nations. But there's that crazy UN Security Council veto power that those five victor nations of World War II got and they can veto any resolution that the General Assembly passes. So they're stuck. If Russia wants to invade Ukraine and the General Assembly passes a resolution against it, guess what? Russia, who has UN Security Council veto power, they can just veto it. So, the United Nations is just a paper tiger at that point. But on the heels of World War III, that's all gonna change, folks. Okay. We're talking about World War III and some of these other catastrophes. I've got to mention Ready Pantry. You know, imagine among some of these crises that the Bible says is coming. I'd like to believe that our grocery stores and all those things would always be there and the, the supply chains would remain open and that, you know, <coughs> excuse me, everything's going to be just like it always has been. But that's not always the case, is it? I'm not saying that supply chains are going to completely collapse here in America. I don't know that for sure. But I tell you what I'll do. I'll pray for the best, but I'm going to kind of prepare for maybe something coming down the pipe. I mean, what if there was a way that you could have an affordable three, maybe six, 12-month food supply? Be pretty nice, wouldn't it? And there is. I mean, imagine the peace of mind. readypantry.com slash end time offers amazing 25-year shelf-stable food. And it includes all different breakfast, lunch, dinner, desserts, all kinds of stuff. And it's, it's kind of a peace of mind knowing that you have this emergency supply of food for anything. A power outage, a, a hurricane, grid collapse. It happened in Texas here last winter. Now we're headed back into another winter. Who, these crazy uh, big windmills and stuff these guys have out in these fields. They froze up down by Houston, and those people were stuck. I've got family down there. They had pipes busting. I mean, it was crazy. So ready pantry. It's an American-based company with all the products sourced right here in America. And, you know, there's, other, there's several long-term uh, food storage companies that give you products that have been sitting on the warehouses for a long time. Our guys at Ready Pantry have told us we don't do that. We give the freshest products that have been packaged within the last couple months. That's what we deliver to homes. And that's what I would want if I was going to buy some of it. And I've got some 25-year buckets because I want to make sure and if there's some, something crazy crisis happens, like COVID and all this other stuff everybody's dreaming up, then i got something maybe to fall back on. I don't have to rush out to a grocery store and fight everybody to get some toilet paper or something or some food or a, ba- a bag of beans or whatever. So Ready Pantry offers discounts of up to 20% off for 3 to 12-month supplies. Go to readypantry.com slash endtime. Use code ENDTIME and save an additional 10% off on your order, plus free shipping on all orders. Stock your pantry with buy now, pay later options. I know Christmas is coming up, so a lot of people are taking advantage of that. Go to readypantry.com slash today. Now, I know we're coming up on a break here, but I'm going to dive off into an article here because I want to tie all this together. Because I know a lot of people have said, well, man, I've had people tell me the European Union, doesn't support Iran. Well, I'm looking down the road. I know European Union does support Iran, by the way, and you're gonna see here in just a moment. But I'm looking down the road at future wars, especially the Battle of Armageddon. And the Bible says that these, the European Union, this European-based world governing body, with Russia involved, and Iran, it's Persia in the Bible, but it's, they're talking about a modern-day war that will occur at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. It will be engaged at that point. And Iran, modern-day Persia is going to be involved. Togarma, Turkey, uh, Gomer, Eastern Europe, they're all going to be involved. And so the Gatestone Institute, they published an article, and I pulled some excerpts from it, and the title is Iran's Other Willing Accomplice. The European Union and so I'm gonna dive off into this when we get back from the break here because I want you to understand the end-time world government who will be aligned with Iran and Turkey in the end time this is all setting the stage for the end-time world governing body it does not say that Iran or any other Islamic country will rule the world but they will still be there to come down against Israel to battle at the Battle of Armageddon, the final war on Earth. A voice spoke to me and said, I've got something I want to show you. I was so sure God had talked to me and I was stunned by what I saw. A direct fulfillment Understanding the end time.
1: Now streaming on end Time Plus and available to order at endtime.com/uet. Go to endtime.com/uet or call 800 time
0: They that understand what is taking place will instruct Except a man is born again,
1: he can enter or see the kingdom of God. End time is not going anywhere.
0: Okay, everybody, so uh, before I get into this Gatestone Institute article, Iran's other willing accomplice the European Union, when I, when I pulled some excerpts from the article proving the European Union is involved with Iran and supporting them and that they, this is kind of setting the stage for what's going to happen at the Battle of Armageddon, you can see. But when I talk about the United States, there's a couple places in there that talks about the United States. I want everybody to know that it's really talking about the Biden administration. Because I think that most of us, especially everybody listening here, would agree that we should not be lifting sanctions off of Iran right now. They're the ones supporting Hamas, you understand, that Israel's in battle with. We should not be lifting sanctions off of them. We should be hammering sanctions, hammering them with sanctions right now, like Donald Trump was doing. But now we're lifting sanctions off of them, and it's allowing billions and billions of dollars, tens of billions of dollars, to flow into their coffers. And what do you, they're the number one state sponsor of terrorism on the planet. What do you think they're going to do with that money? You think they're going to help their infrastructure in their country? and th- No. So when I say the U.S. here, I'm talking about the Biden administration, because I think most people in the U.S., do not support Iran. So, listen to some of these excerpts from this article. And remember the uh, Battle of Armageddon that's coming. In spite of Iran's increasing involvement in the war against Ukraine and against Israel and the Jews, the European Union, as well as the U.S., i.e. the Biden administration, appear more than happy to continue appeasing Iran's r- ruling mullahs shouldn't this make them considered accomplices? Iran and Russia are fast making headway remember the Bible says that the uh, Russian bear or the um, Gog and Magog Russia and Persia will come down against Israel to battle okay so the stage is being set Iran and Russia are fast making headway constructing a plant based in Russia that will mass produce Iranian designed kamikaze drones presumably to help Moscow attack Ukrainian targets yet no sanctions or pressure have been imposed either by the United States the Obama or the well the Obama Biden administration or the European Union just on that project we should be hammering them they're against Russia and supposedly and they're against Iran supposedly but yet why wouldn't you sanction them, let alone Israel's lethal nuclear program or 60-plus attacks on U.S. troops in Syria and Iraq since October 17. Think about that. And But yet they're not sanctioning them. The, the Biden administration is not sanctioning them. What is going on here? According to a recent report by the Institute for Science and International Security, now Not later is the time for the United States government to take the lead, work with partner governments and industry, and use leverage against those less inclined to cooperate. I don't know if Joe Biden knows what leverage means. And at this point, if you were asking point-blank, could he he define that? And to hinder ala buga from succeeding in providing the Russian military with thousands of Shahid-136 drones. With winter fast approaching and Alabuga's Shahid output increasing, those are the ones making the drones, Russia can be expected to accelerate its Shahid-136 attacks against Ukraine's vital energy infrastructure, causing brutal living conditions for the civilian population, and a key overdue first step is for the United States, the Biden administration, and its allies would be to sanction this JSC, Alabuga and its associated companies. So the EU continues in all of this. They're continuing to trade with Iran. the The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. Why would you not hammer down sanctions on Iran right now? I mean completely shut down their economy, I wouldn't allow them to function at all if they were going to continue to support terrorism globally, especially here in the United States. So the EU continues to trade with Iran and a move also in violation of some U.S. sanctions. And Germany is the top European buyer oil and non-oil commodities from Iran. Think about that. Tehran Times recently wrote that Germany was Iran's fourth source of import during the, 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 uh, the, the previous five-month period. Hundreds of European companies are, in fact, doing business with the Iranian regime. According to The National, a pressure group united against nuclear Iran, the UANI, has embarked on a campaign to persuade hundreds of businesses to, severe, to sever links uh, with Iran and will hold events in European capitals of publicly-named companies that do business with the country. UANI said that research has led to identification of 2,500 businesses around the world suspected of having involvement with Iran with hundreds of them in Europe. And they will publish their names if they do not receive satisfactory answers. So the companies have been contacted to, s- to seek clarification about their dealings in the country. The pressure group has chosen Sweden, which has lost two citizens being held by Iran to launch its campaign. So the beneficiaries of EU's increased trade with Iran are most likely the Islamic Revolutionary Guard and the Supreme Leader of Ayatollah, Ali Khomeini. The EU's trade with Iran, increasing the Iranian regime's revenue is doubtless making it easier for the theocratic establishment to provide weapons to Russia, repress its own people even further, and strengthen its military presence in Venezuela, Cuba, did you know that? Right down here off the coast of Florida, what, uh, 90 miles? And to help its proxies escalate their goals of trying to annihilate Israel and the Jews, and above all, top off its nuclear weapon program with which to blackmail everyone. And they want to destroy the United States. Think about that. But yet the Biden administration is removing sanctions from them. Can can somebody explain that to me? Send me an email and explain that to me. What is Joe Biden doing? I mean, if this is the damage the Iranians can do right now without nuclear weapons, just think what will happen if they get one. Think about that. The Iranian regime probably knowing that um, moving on here probably knowing that the European Union will not take any action against it a, a, a sad example of greed trumping not only moral clarity but national security is ratcheting up its construction of a drone factory in Russia and exporting weapons to Russia A Sky News reported back in uh, March of 2023 that Iran has secretly supplied large quantities of bullets, rockets, mortar shells to Russia for the war in Ukraine and plans to send more. A security source uh, told the Sky News and the source claimed that two Russian flag cargo ships departed an Iranian port in January bound for Russia via the the, uh, Caspian Sea carrying approximately 100 million bullets and 300,000 shells. Ammunition for rocket launchers, mortars, machine guns, and that was allegedly included in the shipment. The source said Moscow paid for the ammunition in cash. The Europeans' continuing business with Iran repeats the same mistake that um, they made with Nazi Germany, feeding a war machine that's ultimately going to turn on them. Appeasing anyone will only encourage them to become an even greater threat. And although Europe and the U.S. most probably will not do it, or I should say the Biden administration, the time has come to stop this, folks. Well, I know that Iran is going to be working with the bear as Russia leads the attack at the Battle of Armageddon. The Bible says in Ezekiel chapter 38 that, Gog and Magog, Russia, will lead the charge down against Israel to battle at the Battle of Armageddon. And the Bible says that there will be many nations with her. It names the nations. Gomer, Gomer, Eastern Europe. It will have Togarma, Turkey. It will have Persia, Iran. Cush and Put. There are... Uh, northern Iran and different places in northern Africa, they're gonna come down, they're gonna come against Israel to battle. So, what do we learn here? Let's, Let's wrap up the whole program. Because a lot of people are asking me about Islam and what's going on, how's all this gonna play out. The thing is, on the other side of World War III, a world government will be established. It will be the entrance ramp for the Antichrist. And it's going to be a European... Powers are going to swing from the United States over to Europe. It's going to be a European-based world-governing body. The Antichrist... Remember the Holy Roman Empire scenario in the Bible. The most powerful political leader from Europe, who will be the Antichrist, and the most powerful religious leader from Rome, which will be the false prophet, They they will be in alliance with each other, ruling the world. The political sphere, the religious sphere, and they're going to have an economic sanctioning system commonly known to prophecy uh, students as the mark of the beast, and that's how they're going to run the world. Revelation 13 walks right down through it. World government, world religion, economic sanctioning system, the mark of the beast. All that's going to happen on the backside of the world government's being established now, the world religion's being established. But these guys will eventually usurp authority over that on the back side of World War III, and we're going to move right into a world-governing body. There will be a time when the Antichrist is revealed a few years after that, and the world religious system, the false prophets, is going to be revealed as well, halfway through that final seven-year period. But this is how everything's going to be ran. It's going to be a European-based world-governing body. And the Bible tells us that in many places. And so it's not going to be an Islamic-based. But something has to happen to Islam. Well, the Islamic-controlled countries of Turkey, Syria, Iraq, and Iran, that's where the Bible says World War III will emanate from. Loose the four angels bound in the great river Euphrates. That's Revelation 9, 13 through 16. So, it appears as if the Islamic spirit, the Islamic uh, military, the Islamic armies, the Islamic belief system will be greatly diminished in the end time but they'll still have enough power to be with Russia, coming down against the battle of against Israel at the Battle of Armageddon. So the Bible prophecy's got the answers to most of this stuff, folks, and we certainly need to be studying it right now, really more than ever before. God bless.